everyone, welcome to Eagleomics, a podcast about everything economics, brought to you by the BC Economics Association. I'm your co-host, Martin Brosman. I'm your co-host, Max Manala. And whether you are a full-time economist or have never taken an econ course in your life, it is our goal that this podcast will entertain you as we delve into fascinating and helpful economic discussions with different Boston College professors. Today we are here with Professor Matthew Rutledge, an associate professor of the practice who teaches courses centered around statistics, microeconomic theory, and the public policy of aging here at Boston College. He is also an affiliated researcher at the Center for Retirement Research, where he studies, among other things, labor market outcomes for older workers and retirement savings and expectations. He has a doctor in economics in the fields of health, labor, and public finance, and has worked in places from the Economic Research Initiative to the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston. We are so glad to have him on as our first guest on the podcast. Thank you for coming on, Professor. Thanks, Max. Thanks, Martin. I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> of course. Professor, you might know that in the past, economists have been kind of criticized for being a little bit too theoretical and abstract about certain topics, not really being rooted in what's really going on. So you've heard my criticisms. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have, we have. And we thought to start this off, we would talk about a very practical topic, uh, about student loans, actually. Mm-hmm. And we were wondering if maybe you would start it off with talking a little bit about your experience with either research or personally with student loans. Well, uh, I went to Boston College as an undergrad, and uh, I am still paying off a few student loans <laughs> from my days there, even though I went to school in the Stone Age. <laughs> um, student loans actually can be a really great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about the opportunities that you get that you wouldn't have if you had to pay for college out of pocket, Right. It's kind of amazing that we have the student loan program in the first place. And I think there'd be a lot of uh, pushback against setting up that kind of program. Wait, you're going to make people go into debt to get education? Mm-hmm. Education such a basic thing. And I, and I think there's definitely political discussion along that way. But I'm just so appreciative that my family was able to get me to Boston College. And the way that it happened had to happen was through that student loan. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, a few years ago, when I was uh, working full-time at the Center for Retirement Research, uh, Jeff Sanzenbacher, who's also a professor in the economics department, mm-hmm. uh, and I, and um, another colleague of ours, Francis Vitaliano, did this really interesting study that looked at the relationship between student loans and retirement saving. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And it's gotten a bunch of attention. We've, we've done podcasts, we've done uh, uh, interviews, and um, we've done webinars and that sort of thing. Uh, the, what we find is kind of surprising results. It's that people who have student loans aren't any less likely to participate in a retirement saving plan. Mm, That is interesting. But they are less likely to accumulate very much money. Basically, the people that graduate without a student loan end up accumulating about twice as much by the age of 30 in their retirement savings as the people who didn't have, uh, who have a student loan and and graduated. As in they're like putting less money aside in their savings? Yeah, it seems like they are, they're all saving. It's just that the people without without student loans are able to save faster. Mm, so right. do you think that it comes down to just people are putting like a similar amount into like a, that sort of program, but they kind of group retirement and student loans into the same thing? Yeah, that's that an interesting sense. way to think of it. I think that's, that's definitely the way that we've thought about this. It's that there's kind of two phases of your life. You know, there's the pay off your student loan phase and there's the start saving for retirement phase. Mm. Now, it does seem like people are like starting to save for retirement even while they're paying for their student loans, but they're not really focusing on it. Gotcha. They don't, and maybe they don't feel like they can because that payment that comes out of their checking account every month is just so much hanging over their head. Mm-hmm. What was interesting about the results that we, we showed in our paper was it actually doesn't matter whether you have a small loan or a big loan. 
right? Even having a small loan will reduce how much you put into your retirement savings. That is interesting. Well, right, yeah. because so it's not about, so that indicates that it's not about budgeting. It's not about what you can afford. It's about just kind of the, f the frame of mind that you're in, mm. like the phase of your life that you're in. And so I think, that's why I think it's important to try to either break that in people. And I think that's part of the purpose of today's podcast, right? It's is, like, yes. let's try to make it so you don't have to feel like you're only in one phase or another. Or it's something about how we can make it a little less daunting to try to pay off that student loan so that people will get to sa start saving for retirement earlier. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. So do you think that, uh, do, they, like, do these students, they, they all have the means of... Um, paying off their student loans and saving for retirement at the same time or hmm. is it just that they they only focus on one um, without doing the other it's interesting because I think there's a mix of people okay. uh, there's some people who probably can you know pay off their student loan and, and save for retirement all together at the same time and then there's probably other people that are just struggling to do either one right, right? And of course, student loans are much more of an obligation. You have to do that. Mm. In fact, there's no way to get rid of it. There's, you can't yeah. discharge them in bankruptcy. They changed <laughs> right. all those rules a few years ago. Um, there's kind of your. I think even after you die, your estate has to pay your student loans. It's oh, really wow. like even death won't save you from student loans. <laughs> wow. Um, so obviously, that has to be a priority for anybody who has like um, any sort of limitation on the budget in their household or in you know, especially for recent graduates, just like their own like paycheck. Mm -hmm. At least some of it's going to have to go towards the student loan. Yeah. And then I think because that's sort of that big obligation, that's what gets people sort of prioritizing that retirement savings phase of their life. Mm -hmm. Sorry, the, the student loan phase of their life and sort of ignoring the retirement savings phase of their life. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I've actually seen among the people. So to your question, I think I, I've known a lot of people who have made a decent amount of money in their first jobs. And I hope a lot of BC grads, and especially the people listening to this podcast, will make pretty good money coming out of school. Let's hope. Um, <laughs> that have enough space to kind of do both. Um, but then they focus on like, oh, yeah, I, I got to try to stay, pay off my student loans quickly because yeah. that's just so annoying to have, right? And it, it's such a big thing for me. But I'm not even sure that that makes sense to do. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think it would make sense to, to pay something closer to the minimum for student loans to free yourself up to pay for more like into your uh, retirement savings. Interesting, because that was actually about to be my follow-up question of whether, yeah. you know, is it better to right out of college try to get rid of all those student loans and then start doing retirement or mm. to uh, really pay your minimums, sort mm. of get to the point where you're putting a healthy amount into your retirement. Uh, and did, did, you, did the research focus on whether, like, had somebody already paid off their student loans at a certain point, and that counts as somebody who doesn't have student loans or no we were so that's a good question we were actually looking at people who had student loans at age 25 and so gotcha. unless they paid it off in just those first couple of years after they graduated mm -hmm. they probably if they didn't have a loan it's probably because they never had a loan yeah, right sure. and then it's compared to people who did have a student debt at 25 and of course they obviously had it from when they were in school mm -hmm. um so your question though about like what should i prioritize i think that's yes. that's a good question i'm sure your listeners want to know right yes. right um uh, as Martin's saying, I think it's good to try to make sure that you're at least paying your minimum student loan payment, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard to get out of. But the earlier you can start saving for retirement, the better, right? Mm -hmm. That's even with retirement being 40 years away. But the, the fact that it's 40 years away is actually why it's so important to get started early. Mm -hmm. The power of compounding is something <laughs> I'm sure you've heard about in all your classes. And I know there's a lot of econ majors that are finance minors too. And so you'll definitely hear about the power of compounding there too. The earlier you can start, the more that that money that you put in, even small amounts, is going to grow to something bigger. 
But it's not just that. I think power of compounding is really powerful. More important, I think, for retirement savings is habit formation. Get in the habit of not thinking about that money that you're earning now as your money right now, but as your future self's money, right? If you can get in the habit of always saying, okay, well, I got to leave room in my budget for my retirement saving. You, you, the earlier you can do that, the better that habit's going to be all mm. throughout your life, especially if you like take a break to go back to school like I did. You know, I worked for a few years and then I went back to school and then I had to start all over again at age 30. You know, it's important to sort of like I, I had to remember that, oh, yeah, I remember back when I was in my early 20s, I was saving for retirement. And so, of course, I'm going to save for retirement when I started working at BC. Right. Mm -hmm. So that habit is almost as important as that power of compounding. Right. So another thing I was kind of wondering is with student loans, I think that there's a large part of at least our generation and maybe like millennials as well that are sort of also pushing down the line, starting like a mortgage on a house. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that sort of relates into the whole loans thing, if that makes sense. So is yeah. that should that should loans also prevent you from. Like, should you want to have to pay off all your loans and then start a mortgage on a house? Or is that sort of along with retirement, you want to start that now? So I think if, you, if you're looking ahead to, to buying property, and I, think of it as buying property, because it could be a house, it could be a condo, it could be whatever, sure. right? Um, Maybe even investment property, but I think you should want to prioritize a place to live first. That would <laughs> yeah. Be, right? um, that's definitely something that's going to come along. I would say that's a little bit less of a priority than getting started on uh, paying off your student loans and saving for retirement. Good Only because... I think the rules in terms of what you need for a down payment to buy a house are, are not quite as strict as the, the fact that you can't gotta get out of paying your student loans. And they're not quite as, um, sort of not quite as limiting as the ability to start saving for retirement early and get that power of compounding and get that good habit formation. Um, especially because I think by the time you start wanting to buy property, it, it's in the part of your career when the, your income is really accelerating. Right. Especially mm. if you do something like I did or that a lot of people do is work for a few years, go back to grad school, get a master's or even crazily a Ph.D. <laughs> um, and then start working in earnest and like actually making a real salary, like a real career. Mm. It's at that point, I think it's where it's a lot easier to, you know, to be approved to go get a mortgage. Right. Mm. That approval process doesn't necessarily involve a big down payment. I think when my parents generation was buying a house, that down payment was super important. Even by the time I bought a house in the early 2010s, um, the down payment wasn't all that big. I think we only put, we put 10% down, but I think we probably could have put even less than that. Wow. And so you don't actually need that much of a down payment to, to start buying property. Right. As long as you're doing it in a, in a state of, the, of your own life where you can sort of make smart decisions about it. Like don't buy property unless you think you're gonna be staying in a place for a while because it's mm. a pain to get out of. True. Um, but it is worth keeping in mind that like you have other financial goals too. Mm. And yeah, with that, I'm sort of wondering, it's just with the whole student loans thing, is do you think that there is a point where uh, with education, just to be practical with our viewers, that getting a larger student loan just isn't worth it? Like you should just not, you know, maybe there, is there a certain point where you notice that like, mm. well, people who took a loan over this amount just were really not getting into the whole retirement thing? The most important thing is graduating. Gotcha. And I think that's true both here in the undergrad years, like most of the listeners that we have for this podcast, but also when you go to potentially think about graduate school. You know, all of the all of the listeners, I'm sure, are Boston College students, right? And so you're already most here. Likely. So focus first on your studies. Make sure you graduate. Make sure you uh, you can go do something that's going to be make you happy in, in the future, and hopefully make some money while doing it. Um, I think the the question that a lot of you are going to have, therefore, is should I go back to school? 
and should I take out loans to finance going back to school? For most master's degrees, you kind of have to. Like, um, PhD is the one upside just to being out of the workforce for six years and being 30 by the time I started my career was that I didn't really have a lot of loans from the PhD years because, you know, if you've taken classes around here at BC, you know that TAs are grad students. You know, they're people who are working for their education. Um, master's students, though, almost always have to have student loans. And so the most important question you can ask yourself is, is this master's degree worth it? There's a lot of master's degrees that aren't. You know, um, journalists, I think, have been recently having a discussion with them, among themselves about like how useful, how useless a master's degree in journalism is. Like, mm. How you can really get a leg up without going back to school and taking out all those loans. I think there are other programs like MBAs, even though I'm not a big fan of the MBA just because, you know, yeah, business school students, come on. <laughs> um, but I think MBAs usually do pay off. I think masters in public policy are also really great. I think masters in finance can be really great. Masters in public health are really great. As long as you actually want to do something that would that you mm. can use that degree for, as long as you feel like you actually need it, rather than just trying to get the experience in the workforce that would actually get you that leg up that the master's degree is supposed to give you, right? Mm. So the most important thing is making sure that it's actually a worthwhile master's degree. Mm. That's that's the one that will make it worthwhile to take out that loan, right? So it's not so much a loan question; it's more like, what's the purpose of this degree? I think that's the way you should be thinking about it. Interesting, right? Um, so back to the like, why people are not they're they're focusing on paying off their student loans and not the retirement thing. It seems like kind of like an instant gratification gratification versus a delayed gratification thing. Like they're not thinking about retirement down the line; they just want to get that feeling of, oh, I'm less debt, f le I have less debt than I did a little bit ago. Right. Um, one question point. that I would have is, does it matter how long you're paying off your student loans? Is it, can you just keep paying off your student loans until you're like 80, even though you're <laughs> like, while like focusing on retirement during that entire time? It really, the biggest question I think is, what kind of an interest rate are you paying on your student loans? Right. Now, I still have student loans not because, you know, like I'm bad at credit. It's, it's right. although maybe in some cases I am bad <laughs> at finances. Credit I think I got though, because the reason I still have student loans is because my interest rate's like 2%, mm. right? Is that good? I don't. That's very good. Okay. It's good to know. <laughs> well, I don't know. You'll see when you have to sign your loan documents at graduation, sure. right? Mm. It's 2% is, so basically if you can get, if you think that the market will do better than 2%, then put your money in the market, good pay point. the minimum. And it and traditionally does do better. Than oh, 2%. absolutely. Yeah, yeah over the that. longer term. You know, even though we've had some uh, some rough few months um, since the fall of 21, um, right before that, we had something like a 30% year-over-year return in the stock market. Yeah. And over the long haul, I actually ran some numbers a few years ago, and I was trying to figure out how to save for my own kids' college education. The market has never not beaten sort of comparable, like, interest rates or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, over an 18-year period, I think you're averaging like a 6% real rate of return. Oh, wow. That's definitely going to beat most student loans. I think that's Now, if, if your student loan is more than that, then you should focus on the student loan, like, just like you would focus on like a credit card debt. You know, if that's paying 18% or 30%, you pay that off first because that's the priority. So really, to get back to your question from earlier and, and Max's question here, basically work your way down from the highest interest rate uh, down to the lowest, mm. right? And that goes in both positive and negative directions, right? So if you're choosing between a positive 6% of like investing your money in a 401k versus a negative 2%, like you are paying 2% out of your money to go to the bank or the financial company or the government, 
for your student loan. Well, 6% beats 2%, so right. stick with retirement. But if you have credit card debt, that's 18%. Do that first. <laughs> you know, that's much more important. Yes. Yeah, that's a lot in comparison. I think that Charlie Munger was saying uh, in an interview I was watching by him that even in the next 10 years, we are expecting the real return of the market to be a little bit lower, but it's still going to beat out you know, any sort of mm -hmm. savings account or even yeah. two, definitely above 2%. So that's... Well, I think there's, there is a question about how much student loan rates are going to be, especially with the Fed starting to raise interest rates again. Um, True. But I think there's also interest in Washington in making sure that student loans are manageable by people. And mm -hmm. the biggest way to do that is just to try to keep interest rates low. Right. So I'm not sure we're ever going to see student loan forgiveness, but we'll mm -hmm. definitely see an effort on, on the part of people in Washington to try to make sure that the student loan interest rate never gets up to 7 or 8%. In which case, it wouldn't make sense to focus on retirement savings, mm. right? We'll try to keep that low for you, so that way you can actually start to do that retirement savings. So you wouldn't predict that, like, and then maybe like Joe Biden's administration or even the next maybe Democratic uh, administration would cancel student loan debt. I think if you'd asked me that a year ago, I would say that they would. Really? Okay. I worry that they would cancel, say, twenty thousand dollars worth of debt. Mm. Um, there's always been complications. There's always been sort of concerns about whether this is even constitutional and legal and whether the Supreme Court would have to walk it back. Right. Um, I think the biggest thing now is the concerns that we have too much inflation and that putting more money in the pockets of people that are going to spend it might cause even more inflation. Mm. So I'm really not sure. It's, it kind of depends on what other things the Biden administration feels like they can do to get voters excited about their policies. True. And if... Right. if they get a bunch of Republicans that get reelected. They get elected in take the House and Senate in um, in this fall and, and take it over in January. Maybe that's the only thing the administration feels like they're going to be able to do. Mm. And so maybe we'll see it as a result of that. But I, I don't know. It's it's not something I've come to count on. Interesting. You know, it's it's kind of hard to say whether that's going to be a priority for. Yeah, them I don't think you should be counting on that <laughs> for our listeners. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, leave room in your budget. You know, assume that you have to pay them. And if you don't, then it's just like a holiday. You know, it's just right. like, it's a great day. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I think that we've hit a lot of the topics we were hoping to hit on. Thank you so much for coming, Professor Rutledge. Uh, and feel free to reach out to the BC Economics Association <laughs> if you have any follow-up questions. We would love to answer them with Professor Rutledge, too. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, of course. This was a blast. Thank you. that's it guys for our first episode. We hope you were able to take some things away about how to deal with student loans while not losing sight of saving for retirement. This is Maxim Martin with the BC Economics Association and we hope to see you guys again on the next episode of Economics.